You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I'm your host, Joshua Balta. You can catch us on Twitter or X, whatever that is, right? Maybe it'll be swapping over. You can catch us on that bird app that might be changing to an X soon. Uh, at Hive Hoops, that's the pod. Also at Hornets Lead, the personal at Balta77. We are also now on Instagram and threads. Be sure to check us out as we start to build over there on that platform. Trying to bring you guys the latest content, coverage of the team, give you our opinions and thoughts. Also some fun stuff. We are officially in the dog days of summer of the off season. No more summer league. We have essentially free agency coming to a stall, right? Uh, the Hornets still have moves to be made and they will eventually at some point make some moves. But I mean, we're, we're in that lull. And so going to try to bring you some fun content too. be sure to check us out on all the socials. But pressing today, the sale of the Charlotte Hornets has been approved upon. All of the rich guys, all of the owners met, and the vote passed 29-1. to James Dolan being the only one of the Knicks, being the only one that voted no for Michael Jordan to sell. I mean... It's kind of hilarious that of all the guys, it's James Dolan, right? Because here's the thing. I've stated this on prior episodes. You can go back. You can go listen to any of the ones that have MJ or Michael Jordan in the title. I don't love Michael Jordan selling the team because for a couple reasons, and then there's a part of me that does. It's complicated, right? Because I love this team and I want this team to succeed. And at the end of the day, it just hasn't under his leadership, under his tutelage, under his direction. But then Michael Jordan was a childhood hero of mine. I'm North Carolina fan. And so even though I didn't, I wasn't born yet, right? Just knowing that Michael Jordan was a Tar Heel and going back and watching those clips and him being from the state that I'm from. And, you know, North Carolina darling rose to prominence, rose to excellence, rose to be the GOAT in the history of basketball. For that guy to come to Charlotte by the team and be the owner with his mentality, with his outlook, with his tenacity, with his winning edge and desire – and that passion to be the best at what he does, I thought that's what we were getting. And to see him go out like this, I never wanted to see that. I was hoping that maybe even at the end, you know, because things have started to look up over the past couple seasons. Now, last year really deterred that, right? I mean, I, I don't think that we have to beat that again. But it was looking up, and I thought with a couple of additions that this team could make something of themselves 
and semi take that bad taste of MJ's tenure here in Charlotte away. And it it's just not going to do that because he is selling the team. Uh, Gay Plotkin, Rick Schnall, new majority owners here in the Charlotte. And this will officially, officially process in the coming weeks. Woj reporting that the transaction will happen either next week or possibly the following. So it is happening. It's not officially official yet, but it's official. The vote passed. James Dolan, I guess he wanted someone who received as much ire as he at the ownership level. But Michael Jordan, the set that an, an additional, sorry, an additional sad part of this is that Michael Jordan was the only black majority owner in the entire NBA in a league that's 90% black. And now that number goes back to zero. And you you never wanted to see it go out like this, but there just wasn't enough success at the end of the day. Not on the floor. And that's really what it comes down to. The, the plethora of missed draft picks. It got better once Mitch Kupchak came on the scene. But even then, it hasn't been star-level drafting that has been able to catapult Charlotte into contention. And so, just touching on the draft, because it's been a big talking point lately between the draft just occurring, watching Summer League and watching four new Hornets come into the fold and perform, and us being able to draw our first insights into what they can do and what they cannot do. For all of the talk about the draft, oh, and then Mitch Kupchak stating that that is the primary way for this team to build, which I wouldn't argue against that. It's just that's been the only avenue in which this team truly looks as if they do their due diligence in team and roster building. That's my, that's my that's my fault of the team. That's where I blame the front office for their short-sightedness is the draft seems to be the only avenue in which they do their due diligence in trying and attempting to build this roster. When there are multiple different avenues, you can trade. You can uh, go out into free agency. Okay? But we only choose to go via the draft, it seems. And it looks like. And even though the draft has been better underneath, or the drafting has been better under Mitch Kupchak since he took over, really, MJ's leadership in that department, which was atrocious right the problem in charlotte is that even though the drafting has been better there hasn't been enough star power coming out of the draft lamello ball sure the charlotte hornets hit lamello ball rookie max deal 
one of the top 50 players in the NBA. All of the talent, all of the upside, that's fantastic. But there has not been enough of those. And so even where Mitch Kupchak, I'm one of the people, Mitch Kupchak slaps in the second round. But slapping in the second round, what what does that get you? It gets you a rotational player. Okay. For all of the great drafting in the second round, you're you are not finding stars there. It happens few and far between. The Nikola Jokic's and the, you know, Draymond Greens of the world, that does not happen on a year to year basis. And it hasn't happened for Charlotte. So, yes, the drafting in the second round has been superb, but it's not star-level talent that you find there. It's rotational guys. It's guys that make it to their second contract. Those are the guys that you find there. And then even your first-round picks outside of LaMelo, we have not drafted another all-star. And so even for all of the draft talk, the star power, what really vaults you into contention, even though the drafting has been better, it hasn't been good enough to where you can rely solely on that avenue. And so just a transition out of MJ Selling. We'll talk more about it once it officially goes down. We've already given our thoughts previously on prior episodes go check those out there are three musts I'm not going to spend too much time on that just wanted to mention it at the top of the show there are three musts for the remainder of the summer okay and those three are backup point guard veteran leadership brought in and acquired signing P.J. Washington. Those are your three musts that you have for the remainder of the offseason. And I want to put them in order. I want to rank them. So what we are going to do is we are going to rank the importance of those three things. Number one, sign P.J. Washington. Now, there's been a lot of discussion about not, you know, betting against yourself or you know raising the number up when there are no suitors out there i get that i do but even at my core even still do i think pj washington is a 20 plus million dollar player no i don't think he's in that realm but 15 million a year i'm signing up for that i've stated this on Prior episodes, I'll state it again. P.J. Washington fills so many holes on this team and on this roster. The depth is not there. P.J. Washington sitting and filling in at the starting power forward position. See, I still think he needs to start on this team. Maybe that's not where you want to be two or three seasons from now, but where this roster stands today, P.J. Washington is – by large and by far, the best power forward on this roster. Because I see Miles Bridges as a small forward. And if you look back at the numbers two seasons ago, when the Charlotte Hornets won 43 games, 
the best product on the floor was when Miles Bridges was playing the three and PJ Washington was playing the four with LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier at point guard and shooting guard. Okay. That's what the numbers say. That's when you got and you received the best production out of Miles Bridges and PJ Washington. And where this team is now, Mitch Kupchak stated, we are going to win in the real access video that the organization put out. When he was shaking hands with LaMelo Ball as he signed his rookie max extension. If this team is serious about winning now, you bring back P.J. Washington. You have leverage. I'm fine with that. At this point, it doesn't matter if we sign today or if we sign two weeks from now or we sign a month from now. It doesn't. The Charlotte Hornets do have the leverage. I I will give them that. But I'm not penny-pinching. If, if, if P.J. will sign at 15, I'm signing him at 15. I think he's that important to this team defensively. And his, I mean, he's your, he's your only true three and D guy on the roster. He's the only one. You have to have that in the modern day NBA. You have to. That is one thing that this team has never had. It, I don't want to say never. That is one of the gaps that this team has had in past seasons is that we did not have enough 3 and D guys, and now you're going to just part with the one and only that you do have? No, 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 no. Could JT Thor become that? Sure. But that shot right now, does anybody trust in JT Thor being able to shoot 35% from three? I don't. Not at this juncture. I'm not there. For as much as I like JT Thor's potential and what he can become right now, in a season where the GM states that the Charlotte Hornets can make the playoffs, in a season where Mitch Kupchak says we are going to win, in year four of LaMelo Ball, in a contract year for Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward, We P.J. Washington has to be your top priority. And I'm not saying he's not. I believe that he is. I think that's why this has dragged out as much. And I think that is why Mitch Kupchak has stated we are going to prioritize our restricted free agents. Because I do believe that P.J. Washington is the top priority of this team still. I do. Kind of. But the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to bet against themselves. I can't blame them for, for doing that. But at the same time, if you are truly focused on making the playoffs this year, you have to bring back P.J. Washington. You cannot just allow him to walk and get pennies on the dollar. I don't want to – when you sign and trade, you end up getting guys back that – I mean, other teams would value P.J. more. That's why they would want him back. So you're more than likely going to get a draft pick. I'm sick of draft picks at this point. We have – four rookies <laughs> that we just drafted. 
We have two from last season. We have three from the season prior. I mean, we have nine draft picks in just the last three drafts. Like, we need we need some dudes. We need some grown-ups. We need something else than what we have currently. If we're if we're truly about winning, PJ has to be brought back. He's priority number one. Priority number two. It's a veteran in my eyes. It's a veteran. Three backup point guard. Now I will tell you why I have veteran above backup point guard. The backup point guard role for the Charlotte Hornets has been in a constant carousel for years now. But the reason why that is last on my list, you want LaMelo Ball playing 35-plus minutes a night anyways. So at that point, you're looking at what? 13 minutes of backup play per night? Okay. And then... Sure, you bring up LaMelo Ball's injury concerns. If LaMelo Ball goes down for an extended period of time, this season, it's over anyways. You can't sustain another injury to your best player for 20 games plus and expect to be making the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. And so at this Point in time, with the level of quality that is available on the open market and the unwillingness that this front office has shown to trade for talent and bring that in, backup point guard is the least of my worries at this point. And I know that that has received tons of attention, I think it received more attention because of Summer League, and we saw that even at the Summer League level that this team did not have a competent point guard. But you want LaMelo Ball playing 35-plus minutes a night. If you want to see this team reach its potential, that's where you are. You want LaMelo Ball on the floor, and with those 13 minutes – you can fill that with a plethora of guys. You may not like Terry at backup point guard, but he can give you 12 to 13 minutes a night. Gordon Hayward can get you into your set. So if you have a guy who can dribble up the floor and then get it to Gordon on the wing and then him get you into your sets, you can stagger minutes to where you can make it make sense. Hell, Cody Martin, if healthy can get you can bring the ball down the floor. He's shown that capability. Okay. So I'm not too worried about those backup minutes. We need we need a vet. And someone said this online yesterday, the fact that we have a 30 million dollar guy in Gordon Hayward and we have a 24 million dollar guy in Terry Rozier who are both 27 and older. Gordon Hayward's in his 30s. And we still are looking for a vet. That's annoying. And I agree. I agree because we have some guys. We have some older guys on this team. But even you have Mitch Kupchak saying that, you know, that 
we need to inject leadership on this team. And when he does, when he says where the leadership is on this team, he brings up Steve Clifford. He states that Steve Clifford fills the leadership gap on this team. He doesn't mention Gordon Hayward. He doesn't mention Terry Rozier. And for $30 million per year, for $24 million per year, yeah, you would hope that you could get a little bit more than just play on the court from your old, from your older guys, and that's just not where the Charlotte Hornets are. That's not where Gordon Hayward is. That's not where Terry Rozier is. And it is frustrating. It is a letdown. That you don't get more of that leadership role from those guys at that number than what you do get. But I want to bring in a vet. And look, I made a post from Hornets lead yesterday, Bismack Biombo. There are three roster spots still available on this team, counting the two ways and who has signed to this point, who is on and under contract. There are three slots still remaining. P.J. Washington needs to fill one of them. A vet needs to fill one of them. And then if you want to bring in a backup point guard, you know, there's been talk about DeLon Wright, um, Edmund Sumner all of a sudden receiving some interest. Okay. You have three roster spots. For your vet, I posted yesterday, bring back Bismack Biombo. Isaiah Thomas is another one that comes to mind. I do not care if they play. I do not care if they play. Something needs to be stated. People bring up heat culture quite often, you know, being an eight seed and being able to make it to the finals, uh, multiple finals appearances in the past couple of years. Eric Spolstra and that coaching staff, obviously they have leadership qualities. But something needs to be stated about just having a player coach on the bench that other guys listen to that is doing the workouts, that is doing the pregame warm-ups and taking the shots and knows the plays and and putting in the time and the work on the court, but then also being able to be a voice on the bench and in the locker room. Something has to be said for that. And so give me one of those guys in the Udonis Haslam role. LaMelo spoke about how Biz you know, really took him under his wing, his rookie season. In year two, you had Isaiah Thomas, who really took the young guys under his wing, and there were multiple guys who were outspoken about the leadership that Isaiah Thomas brought to Charlotte. Bring in one of those guys. Pay them. And hope that you don't need minutes from them, because – I don't think at this juncture – that's the second time I've said that word on this podcast. Um, I don't think I've ever said it on another episode. We're like 70 episodes in. Uh, <laughs> at this juncture – third time. You don't need minutes from those guys. You just need their voice. You need leadership. It is so badly needed on this roster. Uh, if I had to do a fourth move – James Booknight in a pick, package it, bring in a guy. Doesn't matter if they play. It just doesn't. I stated that on prior episodes. I'll state it again. If there was a fourth, if there was a fourth necessity 
and move that the Charlotte Hornets need to make, that would be my fourth one. That that would be the one that I say, okay, that's your fourth one. He's not doing anything here anytime soon. He's going into year three, buried on the depth chart, cut ties, bring in somebody who can add something to this team. He adds nothing. He adds no production on the floor. He adds nothing in the locker room. And then even at this point, if you're waiting another two, three years for him to develop, develop into what? What what would he develop into at this point? Is he going to be a star? He's not. At this point, the only thing that James Booknight could develop into would be a seventh, eighth, ninth guy in a rotation. We already have enough of those guys. We have multiple guys ahead of him in that chase for the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth rotational spots. I'm cutting ties. Package a pick to him. Yeah, it sucks to lose another asset on a guy that was a lottery pick. It is what it is. If we are serious about winning, further consolidate the roster and bring in somebody who can add something to this team. Whether that be on the floor, with a rotational spot, or just a voice in the locker room. Either one. Last thing, market has dried up. I heard uh, Austin Rivers, he had a podcast episode come out, and he was talking about how there's a bunch of you know mid-level NBA guys who are having to sign for vet men deals because of the bloviation of contracts and how many teams are chasing these max guys. These 40, 50 million per year guys are filling up their roster and then you're having to piece together a team and you have mid-level guys taking or having to sign for vet men deals and different things of that nature or lower and less than what they deserve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PJ Washington isn't going to sign for a vet men. I mean, he he has a qualifying offer. He can sign for eight mil, right? But there were talks coming in that PJ could approach $18, $20 million per year in interest. That just simply has not happened. There were people stating that Kelly Oubre will likely be in that $15 million range that he would see an increase over his $13 mil per year contract that he signed in Charlotte. That has not happened, and it will not happen. Kelly Oubre will likely have to take an exception. He's not going to receive the full exception, it looks like. Kelly Oubre may be signing one of those near vet minimum deals or a partial exception, which was a lot of the talk in Charlotte was, yeah, bring Kelly Oubre back but not if he's 15 mil plus. Well, he's not there. Kelly Oubre is likely going to be in land in the five to seven, five to $8 million range. Do you bring him back in Charlotte for that? I still don't know. I mean, he would add depth in the shooting guard and small forward position, but then you're taking minutes away from Brandon Miller at that point. A lot of people don't want that. I get that. You want your second round pick on the floor. If he truly is, a, I mean, if he's the second 
best player in a draft, he should be able to come in day one and provide for a team. Given the Charlotte Hornets injury concerns, given Miles Bridges will be missing at least 10 games this year with this suspension, if he undergoes a an injury, he'll be missing more time. He would provide backup depth at the shooting guard small forward position. We still haven't seen Cody Martin with a basketball in his hands the entire offseason. We don't know what's going on there. I have him penciled in as the backup shooting guard right now to receive those minutes. He wants to be back in Charlotte. I don't know. I don't know. Just wanted to uh, kind of bring that up at the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Once again, as stated at the top, we will be bringing you content all summer long, even though we are in this lull, even though we are in the dog days of summer. Uh, going to keep bringing you content on the team, cover the latest news, hopefully bring in some fun, inject uh, you know some, some polls, some rankings, some tournaments, some brackets, different things like that. Be sure to tune in and stay with us throughout the summer. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.